The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good evening. 1,623 years ago, there was a person walking on the beach in northern Africa, modern-day Algeria, and the city was called Hippo. That person who was walking on the beach was contemplating the Trinity. What is the Trinity? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What is the Trinity? In the sense of one God, three persons. And while he was walking on the beach, he saw a boy that was taking water out of the sea and walking over and putting it into a hole. Then the boy went back out to the sea with his little bucket that he had and filled it back up with the ocean water and went back to the hole. And he pondered what he was doing there and he went up to the boy and he said, son, what are you doing? And he said, I am trying to take all that water out of the ocean and put it in this hole. And so he said to him, that's impossible. And the boy looked up at him and said, it will be easier for me to do that than it will be for, for you to understand the Trinity in your head. And the boy vanished. That's a story. Could be true, one's personal encounter in that way. Maybe it was even baby Jesus was the one by the, that was there. I've heard stories of different people having those type of encounters. But the person that it happened to was St. Augustine of Hippo, a doctor of the church. St. Augustine of Hippo was from Africa, Algeria, the northern part of Africa. So if we wrestle with this concept of the Trinity and try to understand it, my brothers and sisters in Christ, what's so important for you and what's so important for me and all people is to truly, truly open up the living word of God. To break open the word of God. Do I do that on a daily basis? Is there a scripture passage that I carry in my heart every day, everywhere I go? You see, the living word of God is a window into the sacred heart of Jesus.
to know the heart of God. Now we can talk a little bit about the Trinity here because scripture will tell us. There was a parishioner of ours who's always extremely joyful. She comes in all the time and she's coming in with her daughter who's bringing her in. And she's like, hey, Father, how's it going? I said, great, you're always so happy, you're so joyful. And so we talked about being able to tell stories or tell jokes. And I said to her, you know, you know who's a great storyteller or a great joke teller? Has great jokes? Jesus. How do you know that, Father? In Scripture. Remember the story? I'm totally off the gospel today. You remember when Peter came to Jesus and says, hey, Lord, we need to pay the temple tax? They're on us. I don't have anything, we need to pay temple tax. Jesus says, hey Peter, take a fish hook, go down the sea, cast it in the sea, the first fish that you catch, pull it out and there'll be enough temple tax for both you and me. I don't know about you, but I can just see the person of Jesus Christ sitting there saying, hey, hey, John, James, come here, you gotta see this. Just the joy, right, the joy in that way. So scripture is a way to know it's a window into the sacred heart of Jesus. We learn all about the Father when we learn about the, in the Last Supper, Jesus talking his priestly prayer in, in John 17, spraying, praying to his Father, you've given them to me. They are, they are my gift. They are my gift. You're a gift to me, Father. They're a gift to me. We're a gift to Jesus. And so Jesus, the second person of the, of the Trinity, the word that is truth, how many people going around our world today are like, what's the truth? I got the truth, they don't have the truth, or nobody has the truth, or I make up the truth. My truth is my truth, your truth is your truth. There's one truth. And the truth took flesh and dwelt among us, and the truth is Jesus Christ. And you will know the truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you don't know the truth, you become a slave, a slave to a culture, a slave to whatever it is. Jesus come, he came to set us free and the Father sent him for God so loved the world that he didn't send his only son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And yet at times we can see a world that says, I don't need a savior. Quit talking about a savior, I don't need a savior, I'll save myself. The challenge is God won't save us if we don't want to be saved. Probably heard the story of the person who was in a flood, right? Flood came and there he was, climbed up the top of his roof and said, someone came by in a boat and said, hey, hey, jump on in. I got you, jump on in. He says, no, 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 I'm waiting. I'm gonna pray to God, he's gonna save me. Then another person comes by in a helicopter, sets down a rope and says, hey, 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 Come on in, I'll pull you up. No, 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 no. I'm just gonna wait around for God to save me. Person died, goes to heaven. He said, Lord, why didn't you save me? He said, I sent you a boat, I sent you a helicopter. Right, I mean, but it's kinda like God, the Father, and if it's hard, we look at the Last Supper where it's like, Thomas was like, show us the Father. It was Philip, I think it was Philip. Philip said, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. Philip, you've been with me for how long? You've walked three years with me? You've heard me talk? Father, any, Philip, anybody who sees, the, sees me sees the Father. Anybody who sees me sees the Father. So if we wanna know the Father, you and me, we need to dive into the living word of God. 
If you want to know the truth, this second person of the blessed trinity, we have to make that our daily bread and the thing that we want to read more than anything else. We need to ask ourselves, all of us, how much time do I spend watching the nightly news and how much does that form my heart? The nightly news or the daily news versus the good news. Because something will shape our heart and Jesus comes after because he wants to shape our heart. So the second person of the blessed trinity, Jesus Christ, took flesh, dwelt among us, walked in a particular moment of time, died on the cross for you, me, and all humanity. He's the one who says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Know that, that whether you're persecuted, calumniated, whatever's done falsely because of me, rejoice and be, and be glad because your names will be written in heaven. He said that. He said, imitate me. Go to the cross. Jesus Christ lived that. He could have imposed the truth. He, the truth on trial, the truth crucified, could have imposed it, but he chose not to. He chose to propose it. He came to show us how to do it. If we're gonna propose the truth to our world in our time, no different from St. Augustine, he didn't have iPhones, but he had people with the same type of hearts that got confused and were worried, scared, even picked on him, right? But he proposed the truth. But if we propose the truth, we may end up like Jesus, nailed to the cross. But it's gonna be that level of self-sacrifice and love imitating our Lord, Lord that will be what the world needs to see, to see, to change hearts. So we know that Jesus reflects the Father. Anybody who sees me sees the Father. And then Jesus said very clearly before he, he was going, in that Last Supper dialogue, when we read it, read that Last Supper dialogue. Read when he ascends into heaven, that was two weeks ago. And he says, go back into Jerusalem and wait. I'm gonna send you the advocate. Makes no sense to send an advocate unless we have an adversary. No need for an advocate unless there's an adversary. No need for someone to stand in place and to say, that's not true, you're lying. And Jesus stands in the breach for you, me, and all humanity and says, that's not true. This is how I created the people that I love. I created my image and likeness and I love them. And he stands in the breach as truth for us. Who does he stand before? The adversary, the father of lies, the devil, and his demons, and all the stuff that he tries to do to send the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls away from the truth. But it's the splendor of truth. It's being Christians who walk in the world, who literally carry in our hearts by virtue of our baptism the indwelling of the Trinity. We become dwellings, we become temples. I think about it sometimes, I mean imagine, let's say you leave and you go, you got your dinner reservation at Mezzanotti and you're like, dang it, I thought Father Mike was gonna be here, it's Father Richard, we're gonna be late for our dinner reservation. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> I hope not, we're gonna keep it quick, right? 
Now, if you go over to Mezzanote, imagine you go over to Mezzanote, you not just give advertising to Mezzanote, maybe, maybe Eddie's, maybe Leroy Fox, whatever. But you go over there and you see one of the people in Mass. Imagine if we all went walking in there and say, hey, how you doing? I saw you at Mass. Genuflection. Hey, I saw you at Mass. Genuflection. You just received Jesus in the Eucharist. You just received Jesus in the Eucharist. You're a walking tabernacle. We come into this church and we genuflect. Rightfully so, because we acknowledge Jesus in the Eucharist. We turn our hearts to the deacon when he proclaims the gospel and he goes over here because the living word of God is being proclaimed. But God does not come from heaven to earth to dwell in a golden ciborium in a tabernacle. It's our hearts where he loves to dwell. And our religion is not a religion of a book. That's the catechism of the Catholic Church that says that. The Christian faith is not a religion of a book. It's a religion of a person, of three persons, one God. It's of encountering a relationship with a God who loves us, proved it, and continues to pursue us. God loves us. And you know what? Not just us who are here tonight. Not just those who break open the Bible or go to their places of worship that turn to a God or whatever. He loves the person that's far, far away from him, who's confused. And he'll go after, he'll leave the 99 righteous and go after the one that's lost. But I'm so convinced that Jesus looks at you and me and says, but I want you to go, like St. Gustin. I want you to go. What you can do, I can't do. I can't do. What I can do, you can't do. But imagine what we can all do together. Imagine what we can all do together. I'll close with this. Had seven baptisms today, not just me, but guest priests came in for three and all that stuff. Things were happening. We had a funeral today earlier. Father Mike did that. With someone you read that person's obituary and you can see that person was a follower of Jesus Christ. Even our pastoral uh, care director came in and said, Father, you need to read this obituary because this person, this person was a living example of living the faith. Never had the grace of really knowing that person that much, but many people did and many of you probably sitting here did. It's a witness had a wedding of a young couple that was here that's ready to start their life out in, in a union with God when they could do it anywhere else they wanted, but they want to do it. I'm waiting for mass and I see another couple come in that was married last year that's coming back to church. And one of the baptisms this morning was of a couple that was married last year that, that was their first child. We are so blessed at this parish. And God wants to pour it out on all of us. And so this is what I'll close with, because it's a reality. Before you're baptized as a baby, those baptisms today, and if you were baptized as a baby, this happened to you. If you weren't baptized as a baby, don't worry about it. That means you got baptism and confirmation all at once. You're good, you're good. But when a baby's baptized, the first thing you do after praying over that baby 
Original sin, kick the father lies, concept of the father lies out. Don't they? Prepare this indwelling for the coming of the triune God. Then you take the oil of catechumen and you bless the heart of the baby before the baptism. I don't know if any of you have ever been to a blessing of a church. Father Paul Gary just blessed St. Luke in Men Hill. He had it blessed by the bishop or a cathedral. But when a bishop comes to bless a church, he takes the oils and the first thing he blesses is the door. The last thing he blesses is the altar. So that first act is a blessing of the doorway into what? The temple. A preparatory act to prepare our hearts to be temples of the living God. That's why we honor the body. Because we're not just body. We're body and soul and by virtue of our baptism we are temples of the triune God. And Jesus Christ is a king and at the end of those baptisms every boy receives the sacred chrism on their head and every girl receives the sacred chrism on their head, a crown. Because if you're a boy, you're a prince. And if you're a girl, you're a princess. Because Jesus is a king. He's a king. And he wants to be king of our hearts. Amen.